everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's our show, but yeah. you know. I'm the first one that gets to yell and say what's up. Yeah, and it's and it's great to have these shows with you. It is. Yeah, man. And you know, we've known each other for quite a while. Yes, and we have. This is a great topic for you and I to talk about today. We're talking about fellowship versus relationship. Who versus relationship? Hmm. Yeah. In a, in a death match. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> An intimacy death match. There you go. <laughs> Fellowship versus relationship. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, well, this, this should be fun and interesting because I mean, right off the bat, you're, we're saying that these are two different words, right? So I'd love to hear it against each other. Right. Exactly. So what's the background of this topic? PJ, why are we talking about this? Yeah, so we've been talking a lot, though. This season, season three, has been a lot about what's after salvation and what's what's the benefits of being a Christian. Mm. So we've covered God's nature and salvation at length. When salvation is taught in the church, it is most often described as a personal relationship with Jesus. Right. So that's what we're getting into today is really our fellowship and relationship, the same thing. Mm. What do we mean by personal relationship with Jesus? What ought our focus to be as it relates to how we interact with Jesus, with God, the father, with the Holy spirit. So that's why we're really going to be breaking down these two different words and and understanding how they are different. Cool. So how have people been hurt by this topic in the church? Well, really the conflict that we're talking about here is this idea of a personal relationship with Jesus. My question would be, where is that statement in the Bible? This personal relationship is this a, a goal for us to have? Where is that goal expressed in the Bible? Because here's the, the conflict, really. Relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship with Jesus, sets a lower standard for what God and Jesus want from us as his children. And really, if it's equated with salvation which we know is merely an avoidance of a punishment, right? Mm -hmm. As great as that is, salvation just helps me not go to hell, not be judged for my sin. This relationship with Jesus is a finish line mentality. I pray this prayer. I strike this relationship with Jesus or begin this relationship with Jesus. And now I'm good. So, so people, cross, it's like crossing that finish yeah. line. Okay. Right. Yeah. The race is over. Now I'm good. Right. Now I'm good. Now yep. I can relax. Yep. So 
with that, people miss again, miss out on the benefit and fellowship is a benefit. And that's really what God wants with us and what Jesus wants with us. Wow. Okay. So right off the bat, we have fellowship is something different than relationship and a relationship is something less. A relationship with Jesus is less than fellowship. Yeah. With God, the father and Jesus. Right. And, and less than what they desire. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause they desire okay. fellowship. Nice. Okay. So what is this? look like in the church how does this issue present itself so relationship right really means to give and take so for example i take a drink of your soda without asking hmm. we're you know we have a relationship i can just grab a french fry off your plate yep i take it from you yep really it's this idea of well we we take as much we take as much as we can before we make the other person mad at me. I will take as much as I can for like the people I have a relationship with. It's like I will give to them, but I'll also take to the line of like I don't want the relationship to be over, right? Sure. So a, a relationship with Jesus would be measured by following a list of these rules, a list of effects or a list of behaviors, like often happens on this strict side, right? Mm -hmm. It's this legalistic idea where it's basically, if I follow the, what can I get away with? I need to at least follow these rules in order to have this relationship with Christ. Hmm. But ultimately it is a focus on me getting what I need so that I can get out of a hole relationship really when it all, when all said and done, what it comes down to is a focus on me. What can I get from the people I'm in relationship with? Not that I don't also give, but the focus is on both giving and taking because mm. I got to get mine. Right. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's a really interesting concept. Now yeah. talking about giving and taking from God and Jesus. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. So, okay. So you mentioned this list of rules um, that a relationship with Jesus is measured by. Is that, is that list of rules something that like harkens to our first episodes of like, don't drink, don't smoke, go to church, read your Bible. Is yes. that what these, okay. That's what these like list of rules would look like to have yeah. a relationship or how other people on the strict side would measure your relationship with Jesus. Right. I pray a lot. I okay. read my Bible. I go to church every week. I tithe. Okay. That proves my personal relationship with Jesus. Okay. Got it. Okay. So how does someone on the strict side support that perspective with the Bible? They can't. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That That's some, is enthusiastic. Yeah. So the the King James version of the Bible never uses the word relationship. Oh, okay. It's on the Bible. So and I'll but I'll, I'll go a little deeper, okay? Okay. The Greek word for relationship, shise or shisi. I'm sorry, I don't pronounce I'm not Greek. I don't speak greek but it is it is a word for relationship 
that's not even in the Bible. It actually means ratio. Okay. So like another description of what a relationship would be is a ratio. The Greek word chasse or chassi means ratio, which is this measurement or the quantitative relation between two amounts. So for, for example, if there's eight oranges and six lemons in a bowl of fruit, then the ratio of oranges to lemons is eight to six. Mm -hmm. So this relationship between lemons and oranges or comparing these two things against each other is really this idea of, of relationship. But there is a word in Greek, it's not translated as relationship, synjeia occurs three times in the Bible. It means kindred or relation. What that would be is comparing these things to one another. It'd be like, why, why do we call them relation? Or why do we call these people that are um, in the same biological family as us relatives? Mm -hmm. Well, we are related to each other by blood, right? Mm -hmm. Or by law. There's something that measures how we are connected and, you know, how we're compared to one another. Oh, they're in the same family. Oh, they have the same last name. Oh, they have the same dad. That's how we're related. Hmm. So we've taken that word to mean more than what it actually is. A lot of times in, in English nowadays, a lot of times we talk about our relatives, we're equating that with family as well. When we're talking doctrine of the Bible, this relationship, we're really, a lot of times we, it's replaced this doctrine or this principle of fellowship. Mm. So the thing is, none of these words in Greek are translated as fellowship in the Bible. Okay. So fellowship would be, you know, it, so if, if relationship is me focused on getting what I need so that I can get out of a hole, fellowship is me giving to you even if you don't need it it's not based on need hmm. why because it's love it's sharing hmm. it's a benefit nice okay <laughs> oh man i'm starting to see this whole idea of this ratio between you know, when people say I have a personal relationship, I could see the implication of that being, well, you give, are you making sure that you're giving more than you're taking? Right. And then it becomes your salvation can be determined by you based upon works. Oh, yeah. Meaning I need to make sure. So where, where does this idea of I need to give, you know, I'm a good person. I think yeah. I give more than I take from other people. And that includes God. I think I do more good things towards God than what I take from God. Which would be the strict side, right? And the danger of going forward, forward, forward onto the strict side is it does end up resulting in a works-based religion. Oh, baby. So you're exactly right. It is oh. this measurement. I'm, quant I'm quantifying. Have I done more good than bad 
Yeah. With God, my salvation is on the line. With other people, that relationship is on the line. Nice. Because eventually, if I keep taking more than I'm giving, you're going to just stop being friends with me. Boom. Okay. So how would you handle an interaction with someone that held this strict perspective, PJ? One of the questions I could ask is where in the Bible does it tell us to have a personal relationship with Jesus? Mm. You know, a better question to start with, though, to try to give these people the benefit of the doubt, because a lot of people say this phrase because that's what they were taught. Maybe because not because they've even read the Bible, but this is what they were explained, how salvation was explained to them. So a better question to start with might be, what do you mean by a personal relationship with Jesus? Perfect. And then from there, it's what's your definition of relationship? Mm. How does that relationship with Christ manifest in your life? What's your focus? Where does love play into this relationship? And then ultimately, here's the the kicker, because fellowship is throughout the Bible. In Acts chapter 2, Verse 42, we, we refer to that verse as the one that has the four causes of church, right? Mm-hmm. Fellowship is one of the four causes or a pillar of the church. So this would be, you know, these are some questions or concepts I could bring up to somebody who is arguing for this personal relationship with Jesus. One, if I'm trying to understand them or trying to help them, those definitions types words help and and also having the support that God intends fellowship. Jesus wants fellowship. Relationships not a standard that he ever held us or himself to. Wow. Amazing. Okay, so to summarize what we have so far the strict perspective is a personal relationship with Jesus. And relationship means give and take. Yeah. And how we measure it, the proof that we have that relationship is measured by rules. Right. Okay. What's cool that that even remember ratio is the quantitative comparison or measurement. So in this list of rules would be quantitative, not qualitative. It's not the depth of the intimacy it's how many things can i say i do how often do i read Ah. the bible how often do i pray how much money do i give to the church quantitative so it's not even quality where the fellowship is what we're going to see and why it's beneficial and not just a list of rules is that's where the qualitative intimacy comes that's where the uniqueness comes my fellowship with god's going to look different than your fellowship with god because there's the qualitative aspect of our uniqueness involved in that intimacy. Wow. That's okay. That's awesome. So it's all quantity. It's all an amount. It's more, more of these rules, more church, more prayer, more tithe, more, more numbers, more quantity of things. And that's how we measure that relationship. Right. So I have a Bible. So I do every morning I wake up, and I do my 15 minute Bible study 
if I did that and continue to do that, my relationship with Jesus is not getting better in the strict perspective. Right, right. And uh, with the strict perspective, if I believe that, then I need to now have 20 minutes. Yeah, that 25 time, minutes. Yeah, the quantity needs to increase. In order to have a growing yeah. relationship. Yeah. Which kind of sounds exhausting. Anyway. It does. It does. <laughs> awesome, man. Okay, cool. Well, before we jump into the loose perspective, I'm going to go ahead and check the phone lines. And wouldn't you know, Pastor Joel, we got a call from McMillan, Alabama, Pastor Richard Tater, our buddy, our friend. All right, Pastor Tater, you are on the line. Oh, yes. Hello, gentlemen. This is Pastor Richard Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? When I learned about fellowship and the restoration process, I realized that what my bosses wanted from me is fellowship towards them. You know, share everything. Yet, they wanted to be in relationship with me. They didn't want to share willingly, and I had to spend my time trying to take whatever information I could get from them. That sounds exhausting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, recently, I realized that mentality trickled down to my family. I wanted everyone to be in fellowship towards me, but I felt justified only being in relationship towards everyone else. I was the boss after all. Oh, how did that work out for you, Pastor? Oh, Pastor Joel, I think you know the answer to that question. I'm just fortunate my wife stayed around long enough to repair this. Our marriage has definitely moved towards being a huge benefit. You know, Pastor Tater, it's never too late to repair with others. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Jonathan. And thank y'all both for letting me share this. I will hang up and listen. This was my favorite podcast. God bless. Well, thank you, Pastor Tater, for the call. You know, Pastor Joel, it sounds like Pastor Tater has some repairing to do with the rest of his family. Yeah, it sounds like he's already on on track there with his wife. But yeah, there's yeah. some more more repair that needs to happen, which is exciting. He sounds excited about the, you know, and hopeful about the repair. It sounds like he needs to do some evangelizing. Ooh, and yeah, I know we we covered this in the last show. This is a good opportunity to remind Pastor Tater and our listeners about an old evangelizing guideline. The less you interact with people, the more you ought to use your words. The more you interact with people, the more you ought to use your actions. So let me break that down for you here a little bit. Flush that out. Yeah, please. One, I want to say this. Both words and actions are important in every situation, right? Agreed. However, when we're talking about people, the less you interact with, for example, in a bus stop or on an elevator, Mm -hmm. these are people I may never see again. If I'm trying to have the greatest impact on those people, the the most effective way is going to be being very excellent and masterful with my words. 
they don't have enough time to see my actions. Oh, I love that. Right. But when they're talking about a lot of times our relatives, our friends, coworkers, people we interact with a lot, our actions are the most effective way to reach these people. Not that our words, again, not that our words aren't important, but the problem that I think Pastor Tater ran into, the problem I know I ran into, is I learned this truth. I learned this gold from God and I want to give it to other people. Yeah. If I treat my family, my friends, people I see every day or people I see often, like my interaction with them is the last time I'm ever going to see them. And I'm just spouting off all this truth at them all the time. It's not the most effective way to reach them. And in fact, it might be me doing it for my own benefit. Wow. And it can end up hurting them in the long term. So it's like, I think what Pastor Tater is realizing is he probably spent a lot of time with his family treating them like this is going to be the last interaction I have with them instead of recognizing in the one, when, when it's a marathon and not a sprint, it's, it's actually more important that my actions are in check and that I'm really careful and caring with my words. You know, the, me and you, we see each other and we interact quite a bit. I ought not treat you like every interaction I'm having with you is the last time I'm going to see you. Yeah, that would, that would be exhausting. It would be, be really stressful. Right. Yeah, that's great. I really like that. I, you know, another thing I was looking at with, I thought was interesting with Pastor Tater was one of the issues he had with relationship was from the limitation side, which it results in us limiting our ability to love people and experience a benefit. So, yeah, man. So let's go to the other side of this argument, PJ. What is the, the loose side? So the loose side would be in, in this relationship model would be, I don't, I don't actually want to expect more than a relationship because maybe you don't want it. And that would hurt my feelings Mm. or maybe I don't want it because I'm not ready to take that risk. But, you know, and and this idea that, well, Jesus helps me when things are tough. I have a personal relationship with Jesus and I'll go to him for help in time of need, but I don't want to bother him or any of my other Christian brothers and sisters when you know, when it's something that's not like a really hard situation. Hmm. And it might even be this idea. I don't deserve the benefits of Christianity. I'm a sinner. I'm depraved. You know what? No one really deserves the benefits. We're lucky to even not go to hell. Wow. So how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, if people truly believe this, no one would get hurt. Mm. However, people get upset. These people get upset when others are experiencing a benefit or others help their friends experience a benefit. It's like if, if you'd be okay not having relationship, 
then that's fine. But don't get mad at me when my when my quote unquote relationship with God is greater than yours is. And don't get mad when I help other people have a greater intimacy with Jesus or with, with God, the father than you do. That's really interesting. So you're, you're saying that people in this loose side, if they don't think they deserve, so they're sitting there, let's say I'm on the loose side and I say, I don't deserve a better relationship with God because I'm a sinner. You're, you're not on that side. And I see you start growing and having a better and better relationship. Me being on the loose side, I are you're saying that I could actually or people actually get mad at someone or I on the loose side would get mad at you for seeing you grow? Yeah. In fact, I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen more often than than the contrastive side of it. Cause because one of the greatest ways that we can really reach people is through growing our relationship or our fellowship with God and Jesus. So there's plenty of people I know who have gotten help from, from the restoration process that Music Life Church offers. And then they're, the people in their lives see these massive changes happen. Oh, right. 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 A lot of times that works as a way for the other people in their lives to be like, holy cow, what is going on? How have you changed? I want some of whatever you got. But honestly, more often what we see is the stress and the tension of growth from that person's life. When, when a person growing, when a person is growing, the relationships they have with other people in their life start getting strained. Mm. There's tension. More often than not, people respond to that tension by actually trying to pull that person down. So that would be an example of this, where it's like, because your relationship with God surpassing my relationship with God is actually making me feel bad about my relationship. Mm. So I'll try to take you down or try to prove you wrong. So that's how people are getting hurt in this. Okay. So how would you handle an interaction with someone on this loose perspective, Pastor Joel? Well, here we want to be indirect with these people. Um, yep. One of the things I could do is say, don't you want me to grow? Don't you want me to have a great quote unquote personal relationship with God or with Jesus? And then wow. ultimately what we'd, what we'd be getting to is we could also ask these questions about what's your definition of love? And why do you ever do why do you ever help anybody else if you're not willing to get help yourself? But I really love this idea of, of flipping it on them and, and asking this question of a, like, wait a minute, aren't I supposed to grow my fellowship with God? Isn't it supposed to bring me joy? And that's going to, that, that would be the way to either help that person see the, the flaw in their logic or, or maybe even just to get them to back off from abusing you. Wow. So, the, so someone's watching someone else grow and they go, you, you, you can't be doing that. You know, you're, 
you're changing. You should always have these problems because I always have these problems and I don't want to change. So whatever you're doing to grow and change is wrong. So for instance, here's an example of what this looks like. And this actually happened. Someone was getting help from a person in the Music Life Church family. And they were a member of another church. The pastor of that church started warning that member to stay away from Music Life Church and what they teach and said this, because this person had overcome their depression, their thought process was being increased. In fact, they had essentially a laborer was helping them be mentally and emotionally restored. And the pastor was so insecure about this, his response was only the devil gets results that fast. (laughs) That's an example of how the abuse happens on this side. Where what I would ask that pastor is this, wait, don't you think God wants me to be restored in these areas? Mm. Isn't it good that I'm not dealing with depression anymore? That'd be a great way to address that, you know, that, that abuse coming from that pastor. It's unfortunate. It is. Wow. Okay. So we've covered the strict side. We've covered the loose side. How do you see this coming out towards the church, Pastor Joel? How do you see the church responding to these two opposing sides of the argument? What are your thoughts? I see categorically three areas, three groups of people. There's the people I feel sorry for. These are people who have low self-esteem to the point that they hold others back so that they can wallow in pity together. What's the phrase? Misery loves company. That's right. These people are preventing others from experiencing the benefit of Christianity. This is very much what we just, the example was we were just talking about. I'll tear you down when I see you growing past me because it makes me insecure about the level of growth or the rate of growth in my own life or the lack of growth. Right. Then there's the people I understand why they do what they do. These are people who know Jesus wants to give more because he wants more than a relationship with them. Hmm. But these people were never taught how or why Jesus wants that or how or why to have that level of intimacy with Christ. These people leave the church and, and a lot of times they leave God altogether due to their frustration of not being able to experience the benefit. Mm. Maybe these people get exhausted. Like you were saying earlier in the episode, that following this list of rules to prove this, this relationship with Christ, I'm exhausted. This is not what God intended, but I've never been shown any other way. Mm. We understand those people. And then there's the people we're impressed with. These are people who know that their walk with God ought to include giving all of themselves to God. Because Jesus gave all of himself to us. So this would include giving all of yourself to other believers fellowship, a pillar of the church, right? Not just my fellowship with God, but fellowship with other believers. Hmm. And this really goes to the greatest command. 
love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So these people that were impressed with their loving God and loving others with their whole being, these people are pursuing the benefit that God has placed in front of us. Awesome. Okay. I'm ready for the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel. The ultimate answer is God desires fellowship with all people. And this is a two-way street. Fellowship is sharing all you have, do, and are with God or with the person you're in fellowship with. I would say, I would give this one exception is there's no sexual intercourse at the fellowship level. Mm-hmm. That would be marriage. Nice. So this is a two-way street. God is sharing everything he he has, does, and are, and, and is with us. And we ought to share everything we are, do, and have with him. Nice. And then with other, with other believers as well. So when's the last time you shared everything with God? <laughs> nice. what, when's the last time you allowed God to share everything with you? Talk about qualitative, right? Oh, ev- yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's everything that you... Everything that you are, everything yeah. that you do, everything that you have. Right. Oh. So the reason, re- the reason the word relationships not in the Bible is God calls us to a higher standard. He calls us and, and God operates at that higher standard. It is not give and take. Fellowship is love. Hmm. Fellowship is giving without expecting. And love is the currency of fellowship. The more you love, the deeper your fellowship is going to be. Which is right in line with sanctification, right? We grow our walk with God by loving more, by increasing the depth of our fellowship with him. This is and brings the benefit of Christianity. Oh, baby. The benefit. The benefit. Wow. Yeah. So I just like to be clear fellowship is giving everything you are doing half with another person that you're in fellowship with, whether that's God or a person. And and it does come from that. It comes from the word, a Greek word, koinonia, which means social intercourse. Sounds deep. Very deep very intimate. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. This has been awesome. This is great. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.